0: Hey there, in today's episode, we're talking about the four pillars to building a flexible virtual law practice that allows you to work part-time hours while still earning a full-time income. So if that intrigues you, keep listening while we dive in. Are you a lawyer who desires more freedom and flexibility in your work life? To be more available for your family, stop deferring those bucket list travel destinations until retirement, take care of yourself physically and mentally, or even just have more time for your other passions and priorities. What would it mean for your life if you could continue to practice law without sacrificing in any of these areas or sacrificing your income? I'm Kaylee Giacome, host of the Lawyer on Your Terms podcast. I run a six-figure virtual law practice working less than 25 hours a week. I'm a mom of two little ones and started my practice so I wouldn't have to choose between my vision of motherhood and my legal career. Your dreams and priorities may be different, but if you're curious about how to create a practice that is designed around your most important priorities in life, rather than always having to fit your life around your career, then you're in the right place. You, my friend, are more than just a lawyer, and you can lawyer on your own terms. Welcome to the Lawyer on Your Terms podcast. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to episode three of Lawyer on Your Terms. So I'm going to begin today's discussion with assuming that if you could work part-time hours and still earn the same full-time income, that's something that would be appealing to you. Or even if you wanted to work more, you would just increase your income from there. But if you could cut 10 or 15 or even 20 hours from your work schedule without compromising your income... What would that do to change your life? Or on top of that, if you could cut out your commute completely. Most of us got a taste of that during lockdown, but imagine you cut out your commute, you're at home, and you don't have your whole family there screaming in the background in their pajamas. Imagine it was just you sitting alone for a quiet work day. Or perhaps you had some office space, some co-working space, or even a coffee shop that you would go and get some work done in. And you were deciding when you were going to arrive and when you were going to depart. When I worked in New York, it took me about an hour and a half to get to work each day. And I felt like I was in the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I would drive 30 minutes to get to the PATH train, park my car, get on the train, and go to the World Trade Center. When I got there, I would power walk. To my building, when I say "power walk," I was walking as fast as it is humanly possible to walk without breaking into a canter. and then sometimes I would do that too, if I had court that morning. And then I wouldn't get home in the evening until about six thirty. I didn't have any children at the time, but I was still completely exhausted at the end of every day. Now my life looks very different and it's actually filled with way more obligations than I had at that time, but my work and my life are designed by me on my terms. Today, we're gonna talk about the four pillars that make it possible to run a law firm working less than 25 hours a week. And of course, if you wanna work more than that, have at it, but that make it possible to work less than 25 hours a week and still make six figures. Now, what you do with your newfound time is completely up to you. These days, my extra time is filled with, or non-working time, I should say, is filled with errands and trips to the park and the adventure of hybrid homeschooling. Okay, pillar number one is flat rate fees with margin built in. Moving away from the billable hour model is really going to help you achieve a practice where you're not working as much and you are rewarded for efficiency. So I'll talk a little bit more about examples of that in a few moments. But also, flat rate fees create a more predictable experience for you and your clients. A lot of people are intimidated by hiring a lawyer because they think every time they ask a question or send an email, they really don't know what they're for financially or at least they feel that way. So a flat fee gives your client a lot of confidence that they know they're going to be able to afford your services and they can plan for the expenses. And of course, it creates predictability on your end as well. One of the biggest reasons why flat rate fees help to facilitate flexibility in your business is because you are rewarded for your efficiency. So if you are able to utilize systems of technology, just get faster at your work, create templates over time that streamline the process of your workflow, you are rewarded for that rather than... It working against you and you have fewer billable hours now because you have become more efficient and because you have these tools in place that streamline your workflow. Of course, you need to be careful about this too, because not every legal service lends itself to flat fees. Any arrangement where your work or the timeline is dependent on other people, of course, litigation, things that require negotiation, anytime that you cannot predictably determine how much time a matter or service is going to take. That's not something that is lending itself well to a flat fee. So you might have a practice model that combines flat rates and billing hourly. Pillar number two is implementing tools and systems of automation. So technology, as you know, can make your life so much easier. It can also make our lives difficult sometimes when it's not cooperating. But It allows you to create efficiency in your firm and gain your valuable time back. So an example of some areas where you can employ tools of technology to automate different things in your business is your client onboarding system, which I'll tell you more about in a moment, creating smart templates that can populate certain fields, automating workflows in your client management system. So you can do things like send out a questionnaire automatically when a triggering event occurs. So maybe you set that triggering event to be that a client signs your engagement agreement and that triggers the system to send out a particular questionnaire for them. These are things that really cut down on your time of having to just even open your computer, log on, send this out. That can that alone can take 15 to 20 minutes. Getting distracted by some email, it really just helps you to create boundaries and streamline all these tasks that can be fulfilled by technology if we harness it. So I want to tell you a little bit about how I use technology to streamline my client onboarding system, intake and onboarding system, actually. So the first time that I interact with a client or do anything in the intake process is when I get on the phone for a consultation. So in my practice, I offer complimentary trademark consultations. And that's the first time that I'm interacting with a client or really doing anything besides taking a look at their inquiry and what they submitted just ahead of our call. So before that, there are a lot of things that happen that my systems of technology are taking care of for me. Someone will come to my website, they can look at information about my services, and they can book a complimentary consultation. When they go to book a complimentary consultation, they're inputting some information into the inquiry form, submitting that, and all of that information is put into my client management system automatically. And the client management system is creating a new profile for that person and a new project page is what it's called. So you could think of that as a new matter. So that's all created automatically. Then once they submit submit that inquiry form, they're redirected to a calendar page where they can choose the date and time that works best for them to jump on that complimentary consultation. So they're selecting that day and then they are booking it and it's going onto my Google calendar. Then a thank you email is automatically sent to them so they get some information about what to expect on our call and I give them a link to my 2023 business legal checklist. So I'm delivering them some value before they even jump on the call with me. They also receive a calendar invite, so that appointment can go on their calendar as well, and they get reminders leading up to our conversation. If they need to cancel or reschedule, there's a link in their appointment confirmation that allows them to do that automatically without having to email back and forth about when we can find an alternative date. That's something that they can do on their own, and then I will be notified if a consultation has been rescheduled or has been canceled and there's information there about why they're canceling or rescheduling. I think it is easy to underestimate how much time even that process that I just explained to you takes. So if you're ready to build and grow a flexible virtual law practice, whether you're going solo for the first time or you have an existing practice, but would like to be able to work less without sacrificing your income, Our signature program, The Accelerator, is for you. The Accelerator is a six-month private, done-with-you mentorship program to provide you with the exact steps, strategies, and support that you need to build, launch, and grow a flexible virtual law practice. There's honestly nothing else in the marketplace like The Accelerator, and we take a holistic approach to building a flexible law firm around the most important priorities in your life. Our unique combination of training materials, templates, and private mentoring will fast track your transformation from burnout and missing out to a lawyer who looks forward to Monday mornings. By the end of the program, you will not only have all the information and tools you need to launch your flexible virtual firm, but we will have built out many of the back-end components of your firm together. You'll have a clear, personalized, and actionable business plan to operate and grow your practice with the confidence and support to do it. And last but certainly not least, you'll join a network of like-minded attorneys to grow with. Enrollment for The Accelerator is open now at lawyeronyourterms.com slash accelerator. Usually when we're thinking about a new client, you're going to be focused on the client work as the time-consuming part of running your practice. But I didn't always do it this way. When I first started my firm... When someone would contact me, I did have a contact form on my website, but I would receive their information and then I would reach out to them to coordinate a time where we could talk. This was years ago. I have learned so much more. And so I can tell you that these things truly save an incredible amount of time. The back and forth of arranging a time that you can talk, even the feeling of always needing to be available rather than predetermining when you're going to take consultation calls. And that's another thing that I'm going to talk about in a moment as well. When you're building and running and growing a flexible law firm, you want to be very focused on what are the tasks that only you can do? Are there tasks that are filling up your day that there is a technological substitute for or that you can outsource. And that leads perfectly into pillar number three, which is outsource. I cannot stress this enough, but I highly recommend that you get a virtual assistant sooner rather than later when you launch your practice. And if you're already in practice, if you're already a solo and you don't have a virtual assistant yet, I really encourage you to think about what are the tasks, again, that are filling up your time that someone else could do? And not just what someone else could do, but the things that maybe you're not doing. So maybe you're not posting on social media, or maybe you're not sending out a weekly newsletter, because that's work that's behind the scenes work that's for your business. You might be building up your book of business, and now your time is being more spent on client matters. So you're letting that stuff go to the wayside, but it is important. It's important to keep that going. And so think about A, what someone else could do. B, what you're not doing and someone else could do. And then finally, what you don't know how to do. Maybe that is tweaking something on your website and you think, I can figure it out on my own. Let me go consult YouTube and read different articles And before you know it, 20 minutes has gone by for a very simple task that should have taken two minutes. It's really important to know what your strengths are and what someone else could do for you and really help you get your time back. There are a lot of tools out there or a lot of platforms out there where you can find help for things like that, for tech help, like Fiverr.com or Upwork. You can find freelancers that, even if you just need to engage them, for troubleshooting one thing in your business. You don't necessarily need to bring on an IT person in your firm. You could find an individual who can help you from time to time just on these little projects, even if it doesn't seem like it should rise to the level of project, even if this is something that, you know, can be completed in 10 or 15 minutes, but you don't know how to do it be aware of those things and realize that there are just a lot of options out there to get help in your business. So here are some examples of things that you might consider outsourcing to a virtual assistant. And I would encourage you again to do that sooner rather than later. So maybe providing client status updates, social media marketing, content writing, PR outreach, bookkeeping, or data entry and project management. A really great book, after you launch your firm and get going that I would encourage you to read is Your World-Class Assistant by Michael Hyatt. And he really breaks this whole topic down into a very digestible chart of your strengths, what you like doing, and outsourcing things that are not your strengths that you don't like doing and prioritizing them in a way that allows you to maximize your time. So when I first started my business, my first hire was a social media manager about three months into my business, and at this time, my daughter was under two years old, and the reason that I outsourced social media first was that I knew it was a necessity. I knew that it was something that I needed to be doing, not only to reach new people, but when someone heard about my business, they were going to come check out my social media and it needed to be alive. They needed to know that I was open for business and also providing value. So I knew it was a necessity. It wasn't a negotiable. However, it was something that I just wasn't doing. I wasn't doing it because I was very protective of my time. I don't think this is wrong. I'm glad that I've always thought of things this way, but I was very protective of my time with my daughter. She was in school two days a week. At this time, my husband was deployed. He was in the Middle East. I had, again, just started my business. So rather than staying in the city where we were living, where we had no family and just a few friends, we hadn't been there very long, really no support system for me to be alone with a two-year-old while my husband was deployed for six months. So we, she and I, went to my parents and we stayed with my parents in New Jersey for six months. And I, even though I missed him, I definitely missed him. We were glad that he was back. I remember that time fondly for many reasons because I got to spend more time with my parents, with my family, old friends. She got to be around our extended family, but it was still me. Even though I had help, it was still me. So she was in school two days a week and I was Trying to get as much as I could done during those two days while she was napping and when she went to sleep. And during those other times when I was with her, the last thing I wanted to do was be on my phone. And I know that can sound very idealistic or self righteous. The way that I came to that conclusion was I was spending time on my phone. I was with her. I had planned all of this out so I could be present with my daughter, but I found myself on my phone, on Facebook, on Instagram, trying to market this new business. And it didn't make me feel good. It's not just that it made me feel guilty about not being more present with her, even though it did, but I also found it very draining and soul-sucking, to be honest. I still find social media to be that way. And that'll be a completely separate episode, how to run your firm and how to market your business without spending all of your time on social media, because I definitely don't. In fact, I spend almost little to no time on it, even though I have an online business. So that'll be for another episode, but to get back to the point here, I knew that it was important and that it was something that if I wasn't going to do, then I needed to outsource. Step one, after I realized that it was sucking my soul and making me not present with my daughter, I just stopped. Not completely. I would post here and there, but it was not consistent. And if you're not going to be consistent, what's the point really in posting something once a month? So I was aware of the fact that it was important, but I wasn't doing it. So about three months into my business, I outsourced my Facebook and Instagram to a social media manager. And that was the best decision that I made. It really got me out of that cycle of feeling guilty about not being in prison with her or knowing that I was just ke- completely dropping the ball. So once that was outsourced, then I knew I was checking this box. I had a presence for people to come check out my Facebook page, check out my Instagram, know that I was well and alive and accepting clients, and then I didn't feel that constant stress. And that is a good segue into pillar number four, strategic marketing. Marketing a business can be a full-time job. As you know, it actually is the full-time job of many individuals. And while you must market your legal services in order to bring in revenue, you also can't spend all of your time marketing if you want to work part-time. Or really, even if you wanted to work 40 hours a week or more, you still couldn't spend all of your time marketing. So no matter how much time you have to devote to your business or how much help you have in your business... You do need to have strategy around your marketing, which includes prioritizing the marketing activities that are going to be the most income-generating. So let me just drive that point home again. You need to be highly intentional with prioritizing the most income-generating marketing activities. So when it comes to social media, you could waste your whole day marketing with posts and stories. And with possibly little ROI. And you've already come to know in this episode my feelings about social media, but I'm not saying that having a social media presence is a mistake. And to the contrary, I think it is a necessity. But you need to think about your time as if it's a small bag of coins that you're trying to yield the greatest return on and be really careful where you're placing, where you're spending, where you're investing those coins. Where do you invest your time? You do that by focusing your energy on building strategic relationships with referral partners. These people might be other lawyers, but in many cases, they will be non-lawyers. And of course, you're not going to engage in fee sharing in those relationships, but you're building relationships with other professionals who are serving the same people who you want to work with. And there's a synergy there, a complementary nature between your services. So for example, if you have an estate planning practice, building strategic relationships with financial advisors and CPAs is going to yield you a better ROI than spending all of your time making Facebook posts. You can outsource those Facebook posts to your virtual assistant. To recap, pillar one of building a flexible virtual practice is having flat rate fees with margin built in. Pillar two, implementing tools and systems of automation. Pillar three, outsource. And pillar four, market strategically. If this episode was interesting to you, then I encourage you to download my guide on building a flexible virtual law practice. The link will be in the show notes below. And if you know that you're ready to get going on this journey of being your own boss or even changing your existing practice model to be able to practice law part-time or on your own schedule and build a practice that is really designed around your other priorities in life, whatever they may be, then I encourage you to check out our Accelerator program. This is a six-month private done-with-you program to build, launch, and grow a flexible virtual practice. The Accelerator is open for enrollment now and you can find more information in the show notes or by going to lawyeronyourterms.com slash accelerator. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, would you be so kind as to leave a review? As a new podcast, these reviews really make a tremendous difference in being able to reach other lawyers, helping them to find the show and get the word out. So wherever you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, You can select the stars that you'd like to leave and then hit write a review. Thanks again, and I will see you next week. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me and really help us grow if you would take a moment to go to your podcast app where you listen and leave us a review. If you know a lawyer who you think would enjoy this podcast, please take a screenshot of your favorite episode and send it to them or tag them in a post. And before we leave, I just want to remind you that you are more than just a lawyer and you can lawyer on your own terms. I'll see you next week.